0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. I'm Sarah, and I'm a certified sexologist and coach, and I help people like you overcome shame, explore your sexuality, and communicate more meaningfully about sex. If you want to get in touch with me, as well as get plugged in to all of my tips, tricks, and insights for a happier, healthier sex life, I would love it if you joined my email community by going to my website, sarasense.com and signing up. You know, I love hearing from all of you, and I appreciate the time and thoughtfulness it takes to write me a review, or submit a piece of feedback, or send in a question, or suggest a topic that I should cover. And I try to respond as well as I can, but I am limited to the hours of the day. And especially to some of you who have poured your hearts out to me, I want to say that I do read everything. And even if I haven't gotten around to responding to you personally, you guys are the inspiration for me developing these sex FAQ-type episodes where I gather the most commonly asked questions about sex from my community, that means all of you, and I answer them together with a guest. Today's guest is Jeff Abraham, and I'm so happy to welcome him back to the podcast. He's the CEO of Promescent, a sexual wellness company that makes the -the over-the-counter topical delay spray. That's clinically proven to help men last longer in bed. And you also heard him on episode 36 of this podcast, where we were talking about the topic of premature ejaculation, and it has actually been one of our most popular episodes today. So I can't think of anyone better to help me answer the questions I have today, which all happen to be penis related. So Jeff, welcome back to the podcast. So nice to have you with us. You ready for some penis questions?
1: Absolutely, it's my pleasure to be here.
0: All right, here goes the first one. I get performance anxiety right before I'm about to penetrate my partner for sex. I always worry that I'll ejaculate too quickly, lose my erection or fail to impress in some other way. I can't get these thoughts out of my head and inevitably I lose my erection. How can I overcome this?
1: First of all, that's a fairly common issue. So, number one, realize you're not alone. So, dial back the anxiety right there and don't make it so personal to think that someone's gonna go, oh my God, I've never had anyone that experienced this before. One of the things that I counsel a lot of people that have the anxiety about rapid or premature ejaculation to do. And I call it putting one in the bank and people go, what do you mean by putting one in the bank? I suggest because it's obvious that the problem, even if there's a physiological component, is partly psychological because he's actually admitting that he has this anxiety before he even penetrates. So by putting one in the bank, I basically mean give your partner an orgasm before you try penetrating your partner. Because then you dial down a little bit of anxiety because you say to yourself, my partner has already orgasmed or climaxed once, so it's not going to be this major feeling of, oh, my God, here I was orgasming and she got nothing out of it. So that would be the first thing I would do is put one in the bank, maybe two, so to speak, whether it's oral sex, whether it's using a vibrator, a toy, penetrating digitally with your fingers, whatever. Make sure your partner has a climax, and it's mainly, number one, it's good for him or her to have a climax, but number two, it's also good for your mental well-being because it'll take that focus, like he told you, that even before I penetrate, I'm already going, oh my God, I'm not going to have this great performance. So if you give your partner a quality orgasm, you're not going to right before penetration go, oh my God, what if I ejaculate too quickly? Number one, it will make sure that she has a certain degree of satisfaction before you start. Number two, it will relieve some of your anxiety. It will allow you to at least have that comfort level of knowing you've already given your partner a certain amount of pleasure even before that, which should help you relax and therefore help you to last longer during that. Another thing, depending upon your age, and I say depending upon your age because if you're 35, 40 or below, this generally works better than if you're 60 or above. In some cases, maybe even get have an orgasm yourself prior to penetration, whether it's a 69 where it's mutual masturbation or mutual oral sex, because most people, most men, 40 or 35 and under, have a short refractory period. I would say don't do that if you're 55, 60 or older, because most men will tell you, It's another couple hours before they're ready to go again for another one. So the last thing you want to do is before you ever even penetrate, have an orgasm and then not even be able to have sex. So, And most times people that do have a lot of anxiety aren't experienced sexually. So if you are under 40, maybe give her an orgasm and have one yourself because for most men, they tend to last longer the second time around. So those two things I think would both be something that I would advise this particular person submitted the question or anyone else who has that same issue or those same concerns, I would suggest a two-prong approach. Give your partner an orgasm prior to intercourse. And if you're young enough and you feel like your refractory period is 15, 20 minutes or less, then have one yourself.
0: Yeah. And just to add maybe to that as well, I think anxiety is the enemy of arousal, obviously. So as much as you can, if you can shift your mindset away from thinking about sex as a kind of performance and try to remove the pressure that comes with it. So Jeff obviously talked about using your hands, your mouths, your words to give pleasure and maybe provide an orgasm to your partner beforehand. I also think toys can help with that try to make pleasuring your partner the goal and not your own performance. It might make a big shift in the way you think about it. And because I'm actually a really big fan of mindfulness and I do meditation every day, I'd like to also suggest that maybe you look at taking up something like a meditation practice and using it to kind of practice getting out of your head and keeping yourself present in the moment, especially when you're finding a lot of these thoughts coming into your right at the point of penetration. Take a breath, pause, make eye contact with your partner, and then shift your mind away from thinking about your erection. And just think more about... Your partner, how they look in the moment, how warm their kisses are. And this is kind of a practice that takes time to develop. But I think if you practice this and the better you get at using mindfulness to stay in your body, it will help to calm your mind as well. And it could also help you overcome some of this performance anxiety.
1: I meditate myself And I find that it really brings a sense of peace and calmness. And the two things that are mutually exclusive and should never intersect are intimacy and anxiety. Anxiety is really a mood killer, is death to intimacy. Intimacy should be about, just like you said, being present in the moment, looking in your partner's eyes, connecting, relaxing, enjoying yourself. So a lot of times I tell people that have anxiety sexually, Picture the most pleasurable scenario you could ever be in, whether it's on a beach in a hammock in Hawaii or, you know, running along the sand in Australia or wherever you happen to be in the world, wherever that area is or, you know, laying somewhere surrounded by whatever. Try to envision yourself in a situation like that and get out. Just like you said, is my penis erect? Is my penis about to ejaculate? Get away from the idea that you're some kind of a circus performer or you're, you know, in the Olympics and someone's about to hold up a scorecard and give you a 9.2, get out of that mindset and just relax and just surround yourself with feelings of nothing but pleasurable thoughts, things that are enjoyable to you. I remember a therapist friend of mine once told me, this is someone we deal with in the company, that he tells people that have a lot of anxiety to picture you with the anxiety is a rope and the rope is taut and it's really like just pulled to its extreme. And he said, I tell people, envision it and count backwards from 10. And as you're counting backwards from 10, imagine loosening the grip on the rope so it's not taut and it's not pulled tight. And then imagining the strands coming undone. And so instead of this piece of steel, this rope pulled so tight, that it starts to unravel. And instead of having a rope, you have just a bunch of pieces that are all floating, you know what I mean, and free and not taut. And that's such a good visual for someone who's tight and anxious and stressed out. You almost feel like you're letting yourself go just like that, like instead of being pulled taut and be so tense and so tight, just let yourself go and let yourself unravel and take the stress and the tension away.
0: Yeah. Because what's the worst that could happen? If you lose your erection, that's fine. It's not the end of the world. There's so many other ways to give pleasure as well that you can use even if in the moment things may not be working with your penis at, at that point of time. It's not a disaster. And the more you think, Oh my God, my erection's gone. What should I do? What should I do? That kind of overthinking is actually really counterproductive. The best thing you can do is just go, okay. Well, I may not be getting an erection right now, but that's fine. I'm just going to continue with giving my partner pleasure in lots of other ways. And, you know, when my erection comes back, which I know it will, especially if you're focusing on your partner and not focusing on it, then maybe you try penetration again.
1: You may find out you become a better lover because when you finally get your erection back, you have a lot more tools in the proverbial toolbox because you've discovered that it isn't all about the erection that it really is heightening your partner's pleasure, turning your partner on. In fact, you may give her a more prolonged or even an intense orgasm by prolonged foreplay and stimulation. So by the time you get around to it, if you do end up with an erection, it may be a more satisfactory conclusion because instead of, oh my God, I gotta hurry up and do this because I might lose this or I might ejaculate too quickly, you really build up to something over a longer period of time.
0: Great tips, Jeff. All right, next question. What can I do to keep a steady erection? I usually have a hard erection, but I've noticed as I've grown older, it's not as hard as before. Jeff, I thought this would be a great question for you because you are 63 now, aren't you? 64. You've gone through the 64. So Mm -hmm. you've gone through just the changes in your body as your body grows older. So maybe you can take this one.
1: First of all, whoever that is, welcome to the club, okay? You're not alone. Any man who's 64, 65, or even when you're over 50 goes, I get exactly the same hardness when I was 18 or 20. You're either a freak of nature or you're lying, okay? It's just Mm -hmm. because as your blood flow, as you age, it goes down. Obviously, blood flow is what erections are all about. You still get an erection, but that rock-hard, The wind blows, I get an erection, goes away after 45 or 50 years old. There's no question about that. Fortunately, so many of our users were experiencing this. We got into the market with a product that's called VitaFlux. It's a nitric oxide supplement. It was developed by one of our urologists. What a nitric oxide product does, and it's for men and women, okay? So it stimulates blood flow. One of the ways that you heal It doesn't only have sexual products. Whenever you work out, whenever you're stressed, the way that you recover is getting oxygenated rich blood into the area, which facilitates healing. So these nitric oxide supplements facilitate blood flow. Every vein and every artery in every human person's body has an epithelial layer. It has two purposes. Number one, it allows hormones, vitamins, minerals, and good things to absorb into your bloodstream. It also keeps the bad stuff out. When you're young, that epithelial layer is very supple. And so it's very efficient. The good stuff comes in, keeps the bad stuff out. When you're about 35 to 40 years old, both men and women, that epithelial layer begins to harden. When it hardens, it starts keeping everything out, including some of the good stuff, including hormones, including vitamins, minerals. So you see both men and women get a little more body fat they get a little less lean muscle tissue, your libido goes down, and for women, they get a lot of vaginal dryness because the hormone blockage leads to a lot of vaginal dryness. So when you take a nitric oxide supplement like Vitaflux, what happens is it softens the epithelial layer so it reverses the aging process in terms of the lack of hormones for both men and women most importantly it gives you about a 5 to 7% increase in blood flow when that happens for women they have a little more libido a higher intense on their orgasm intensity on their orgasm like when they were younger with men they get a firmer erection and they also have a higher libido so that's a separate product it's called Vitaflux but that works specifically The beauty of it is it has assets and attributes even away from sexually, from recovering. But it's normal for a man, like I said, unless you're some freak of nature, when you're over 45, 50, 55, you're not going to have the same. You'll still get an erection, and it's still an erection you can certainly have satisfactory intercourse with. But we as a society, we as a people, tend to judge ourselves at our absolute maximum. Oh, when I was 32, I used to bench press 340 pounds. Well, you're not 32 anymore. You're 55, you know, (laughs) and you don't work out for two hours a day because now you've got kids and responsibility and everything else. Well, I used to run a mile in six minutes. Well, you were 160 pounds. Now you're 200. You don't run a mile. And it's the same thing sexually. Don't ever compare yourself. Well, my erection's not as stiff as it was when I was 20. Well, now you're 50. Of course it's not. It's part of the aging process. But fortunately, there are ways and something like Vitaflux, and there's tons of nitric oxide supplements out there, the beauty of it is it's amino acids. It's L-arginine, L-carnitine, L-citrulline, magnesium, and zinc. So it's non-prescription. There aren't side effects. Viagra, Salos, Levitra will give you a rock-hard erection. Make no mistake about that. But you get headaches and blue vision, backaches, because it's a prescription drug. And if you have heart issues, it can kill you. So that's why you have to be careful with it. Because with these systemic drugs like Sidenafil, it does have an upside, but anything with an upside is going to have a downside. That's why if you can get away with an herbal supplement, if you can get away with amino acids, you want to do that because you can benefit from it. But at the very least, you'll go, well, it didn't work for me, but you won't have the dangerous side effects and the blurred vision and the back aches and the blue vision and all the other things. So that's another very common question. But the most important thing for any of these questions is to realize this isn't just you okay all these issues everyone faces but people just feel uncomfortable talking about them and it's time that we lifted that veil it's kind of like the wizard of oz when you pull back the curtain and there's a guy standing there it's not something mysterious it's time we pull that back and realize your friends your neighbors your relatives they all have the same issues okay this is not unique but no one wants to admit it. It's crazy. Everyone wants to suffer in silence and go log on and find something online without ever talking to someone. Let's get past that. Let's be able to talk frankly with our friends. We talk about nutrition, We talk about beauty tips. We talk about clothing and how to improve your appearance. Why not be comfortable talking, "Hey, you know, I' found something that helps give me an erection like I had when I was 20, even though I'm 50. Here's what I'm using." But no, for some reason, I can't possibly say that I'm not the same person I was sexually 20, 30 years ago. Of course you can, because everyone's going through the same thing.
0: But also just isn't that so unrealistic? I mean, now that you pointed it out, of course, you're not going to be the same. Of course, your sexuality is not going to be the same as you age. People like to think that their sexuality is this fixed thing. It evolves. It evolves with age. It evolves with your life situation. It evolves all the time. And I think it's great. I mean, it's actually something that you just embrace with life and you just check in with yourself and you think, oh, okay, so this is what's happening now. This is the sexual being that I am today. And you know what? Sometimes people are a lot more sexually active and find a lot more fulfillment with sex, even as they grow older. I don't think it's necessarily body dependent or penis dependent. It's more about your mindset and your attitude towards sex.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm done with the idea of, wow, this is what I used to be. Here's where I'm at in my life. I wake up every day and I go, I wanna be the best me today. I wanna be the best that I can be today, given what I wake up with, how my health is, because let's face it, you're not guaranteed of anything in life. You're not guaranteed to live to 70 or 80. You're not guaranteed to have perfect health. You're not guaranteed to have a certain level of fitness. Just wake up every day and feel confident and comfortable with who you are and get the most out of that day. And whether it's friendships, coworkers, treat people kindly. Treat people how you would want to be treated. Certainly with a romantic partner, literally focus on giving them as much pleasure as possible, knowing that you're paying it forward and it's going to come back to you in spades. So the most important part is just like you said, be realistic. You know, sometimes it's not easy. Over Christmas, my son wanted his Christmas presents he gave me was to have some pictures he taken, he and I together. And so we took these pictures together and they came out really, really nice. But I remember at first I looked at him and I'll be honest with you, it made me kind of sad because I'm 64 and he's 32. So he's exactly half my age and he was born or he's right now the age that I was when he was born. And so I literally looked at him and he's robust and strong and healthy and vibrant. And I went, I used to be like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I'll be honest with you. It did hit me kind of hard. Cause I go, that doesn't yeah. seem that long ago. And in that same amount of time between then and now I'll be, probably dead, 96, you know what I mean? And it really, even though it frightened me to a certain degree, it let me know, live every day, enjoy every day, get everything you can out of every day.
0: And try your best to live a healthy lifestyle as well, because that's actually one of the most likely things you can do to improve your sexual function. So avoiding things like drugs, alcohol, having a good diet. Overweight. Keeping a healthy weight, Yeah. Doing regular exercise, these are all great things to promote blood flow, circulation. Absolutely. If you get yourself checked as well for any kind of heart issues or high blood pressure, because that can also sometimes affect the quality of your erections.
1: You're right. And just think about what you just said, you know, about getting regular exercise and workouts. Because if you're going to be sexual, most people when they're sexual are obviously pushing their body, you know what I mean? And your heart rate's going Mm. up and everything else. And if you're totally out of shape and winded, you're not going to be the best partner, you know? And
0: let's face it,
1: if you literally are 100 pounds overweight, you're not going to be visually appealing to your partner and you're not going to feel good about yourself. So part of it is when you exude confidence and you feel good about yourself, you have something that attracts other people as well.
0: Next question. I'm a 32-year-old male with an active sex life. However, I've never been able to last more than a minute ever since I started being sexually active. This has affected my sexual confidence. I make my current partner orgasm in other ways, but I'd really like to be able to have longer sex by penetration. I have tried masturbating before sex, taking over-the-counter medication, cock rings, but nothing's worked. Is there anything I can do to help this problem?
1: If that's been that consistent and he's 32 years old for that long, I would strongly suggest seeing a urologist and having a physiological workup because too many times people think, oh, this is in my head. And there are some cases where there can be a psychological component, but if you've never lasted more than a minute and you're 32 and let's just say he was sexually active from the time he was 17, which is 15 years. The medical community, in some cases, the comedians and social media loves to joke about P.E. and, you know, oh, you don't have the mental strength, you don't care about your partner. There's nothing more of a literal fallacy than that. Someone who has chronic P.E., they want nothing more than to satisfy their partner, to feel like they're desirable and bringing their partner to climax through intercourse. But not strictly limited to, but including hypersensitivity to penile nerves, prostatitis, low testosterone. There's a lot of different physiological reasons why a person can prematurely or rapidly ejaculate. So you need to rule those out before you start taking a bunch of medications. Now, the over-counter, the herbal stuff, generally for PE doesn't have a lot of validity because I wish I was kidding, but I'm not, Unfortunately, You can buy shark fin extract. I'm not kidding you, bull tester derivative, deer antler. The one thing I would say is try the promescent delay spray because we have clinical trials. There's a eutectic formula. It does penetrate the dermis or stratum corneum, it doesn't transfer to your partner. That's without going for a prescription, will give you the highest degree of certainty you can that if it's not something severely physical, it should give you that control. But I would suggest go to a urologist and get a workup and test hypersensitivity of penile nerves, low testosterone, prostatitis. These are all areas that have been known for physiological reasons to cause PE. So it's important to become educated. It's important to really and truly understand what the genesis is of the issue you're dealing with. It's like if you're going to a shooting range, you can't hit the target if you're blindfolded and you start randomly shooting. The first thing you need to do is identify the target, dial it in, then a little left, a little right, then you go, okay, now I have it. But it sounds like he's frustrated. He doesn't know what the cause of this is, and he's just shotgunning trying to figure out something that's going to help. I always tell people, I received a lot of criticism when I first took this company to prominence, which I have done in the last 10 years. Because people go, I go to your website, and I go, is this an educational, is this a university website, or are you selling something? I go, well, both. And they go, everyone is successful. All they do, they drive people to the site, they have all the buy, 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 and they put you in a funnel and try to sell you product. That's not what we're about. I want you to come to our website, and I want you to educate yourself. I want you to find out what the issue is. I want you to determine what the best way of dealing with that is, if it's something we have, then I want you to educate yourself on the proper way to use it, okay? This is a multifaceted solution. You just don't put your hand over your eyes and go, I'm just start trying stuff, okay? If you go, you'll see blogs and you'll see articles by doctors saying, if you're experienced this, it's probably this. If you experience that, it's probably this. And then it'll tell you, okay, this is what I think you should do. Then it'll tell you if you're going to use it, how to properly use each product. We're not about trying to sell everybody one product and they're going to be dissatisfied and going away. I always tell this to people instead of having a thousand people all go buy product and then leave because you got a thousand sales, but they're not repeatable, I'd rather get a hundred people to come to the site and they buy it, use it correctly, they're satisfied, and they buy it over and over again. They tell other people about it. That's how you build a successful company long-term and not just go for that immediate gratification. So there's a direct correlation to lovemaking there. Don't go for the immediate gratification, go for the long-term gratification so that you and your partner will have a long, meaningful relationship. So I really tell people that it's very important to educate yourself. And for that individual, I'd say get to the bottom of what the issue is before you start shotgunning and trying things and, Go to a site like ours or an educational site like the Mayo Clinic and start doing research. Okay, because there's acute PE, there's chronic PE, so you have to identify what it is first. And then it'll start leading you down the path to different solutions that you can try. But I always tell people, start with the -the over-the-counter stuff. Don't graduate up to the higher stuff with side effects until you know that the procedures that are less invasive and have less side effects are all exhausted first.
0: Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the Promescent blog, by the way. You guys have an amazing blog. And there is also an article there that is written by a urologist, which is called 18 Proven Ways for Men to Last Longer in Bed. It's probably one of the most comprehensive articles that I've actually read on the topic where a urologist actually evaluates all the different ways for men to last longer in bed. So I would say to this listener that go and just make sure that you've tried everything on there and and some may work for you and some may not work for you and some things may actually have to work in combination but i think what you haven't mentioned in what you've written here is you haven't mentioned any sort of behavioral techniques and maybe that's something you would look into because that's something that i work with as a Oh coach yeah, with edging. My clients. Yeah. You have
1: edging and you yeah. have breathing exercises, yeah. behavioral The stop start method, stop Uh, stop
0: technique. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, no, we missed that. that. They're Um, on our website, they're in all those articles. And you know, it's funny because some people said to me, Well, you're actually suggesting some things that aren't your product. I go, We want people to get better, we want people to have better sex. Okay, if they buy our stuff, great. If they don't, but they're having better sex, we've done our job. Okay, you can't get everybody, you know, we want people to have better intimacy. If it's edging, if it's stop-start, if it's relaxation techniques, whatever you need, you'll find, like I said in that article, 18 things on how to allow men to last longer. And it may be a combination of them. Even if the product or the problem is a physiological problem. If you had it for a period of time, there's a psychological component to it. So even when you address the physiological issue, if you're like the one question from the guy was like, "I it's in my head even before I start, you've got to address both. It's a complex issue.
0: All right, next question. I love having sex with partners and I find it greatly satisfying. However, when I masturbate alone, I feel as though the experience is lacking. Can you share some male masturbation tips that can help me to improve my experience solo?
1: Back to the blog, we have an entire blog and it's like eight pages all about male masturbation tips. And we have another one on okay. female masturbation. I don't know if that's yeah. a man or a woman who's asking that question. I'm assuming it's a man. It's a male
0: it's a male, male masturbation tips, uh, but yeah. you
1: can go check that out. But here's what I tell people. A lot of people feel when they're masturbating, when they're obviously solo. Oh my God, it means I don't have a partner. Oh my God, I'm less than because here I am taking care of myself. That will give you a less than desirable experience. What I tell people is if you're gonna masturbate, look at it as an event, almost with as much relish as you're with a partner. Use a lube, you know what I mean? Relax, set the tone. Don't have a feeling like, let me get this over with as quickly as possible. Some of the ways that we tell people that sometimes men will actually train themselves to prematurely ejaculate because when they masturbate, they're like, I got to get this over with. This is disgusting. Here I am by myself. And so you're training yourself to rapidly ejaculate. So treat it as a lovemaking event. Now, you happen to be the only one there. You're making love to yourself, but there's nothing wrong with that. And enhance that. In some cases, it can help you, especially if you try edging and taking yourself almost to the point of inevitability, then backing it off. It'll give you more of that feeling of control. It'll actually help you extend your lovemaking. So there are things that you can do. Number one, look at it as a lovemaking session, not here I am just taking care of myself or getting it over with, you know, that kind of thing.
0: I love that. Lovemaking for
1: one. Lovemaking for Why one. Table for one, please. Yeah. <laughs> but also use lube, just like you're having a regular session. You know what I mean? And I can imagine if someone's sitting there dry and just going, let me get this over with, of course it's not going to be as satisfying. But that being said, don't set your expectation like you're going to have the same level of arousal you will with a partner. Of course you won't, because there's not that scent of another person that's so, in most cases, endearing. You know, there's not that heightened sense of, oh, I don't know what she'll do. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're masturbating. You know what I mean? So the element of surprise certainly shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I didn't know I was going to do that. You know, of course you did. You did it. So don't set the expectation. Like I have to have the exact same level of arousal I do with a partner because you don't have one. But enhance the, the experience. Look forward to it and relish it. And like I said, just like with a regular partner, use lubes take your time, enjoy yourself, maybe put on some relaxing music and maybe meditate beforehand and just get in the right frame of mind and don't look at it as, oh, I just got to get this over with.
0: I love it. I love love lovemaking for one. I'm going to (laughs) put that on a bumper sticker or something. (laughs) I totally agree with everything you're saying, Jeff. Do you think people tend to fall into a tried and tested routine for masturbation. I mean, they fall into tried and tested routines for sex as well, of course. But for masturbation especially, it tends to be this kind of, all right, let's just do it and get it over with. And it gets boring yeah. with time, right? And that is actually what pales in comparison to the variety and the constant stimulation that you get from a real life encounter. So all of the things you said, Jeff, about slowing down, trying to incorporate things like lube, changing up your routine, you know, using toys, using different positions. You know, some people even use their less dominant hand, for example. Incorporate other erogenous zones into masturbation. You play with your nipples, you know, do some anal play, prostate play, you know, vary your breathing techniques. All of these are really, really great ideas to change up that routine.
1: We have a uh, prostate massager that we sell on our website. And when we first added it, I was like, is there really a market for this? Oh, my God. There's a market. Believe me. I was like, whoa.
0: Yeah. I wish I had a question that talked more about that getting men to really explore the power of the prostate i think it is so pleasurable and such an amazing erogenous zone and very overlooked by a lot of men.
1: very overlooked i think a lot of men suffer from this syndrome like don't go there you know what i mean like they very uncomfortable with any because there's still a lot of homophobia in the world and a lot of men feel like, don't go anywhere near my butt. You know what I mean? Don't, that's just, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Anything in my butt means I'm gay.
1: That's exactly. Gosh. No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> and no,
0: it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't. No, it it doesn't. just doesn't,
1: you know? So relax on that. Okay. <laughs> and even if you are oh. gay, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, get over that. You know what I mean? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just, it's crazy. It's just nuts.
0: Yeah. It's just an amazing sensation, I think. It's, you know, prostate is known as the male G spot. And people can actually have prostate orgasms, which maybe they're different from the sort of usual ejaculatory orgasms as yes. well. Or you can actually combine them. I mean, it's actually unlimited possibilities yep. for prostate play. Try it, listener <laughs> who's written in. Okay, next question. I really struggle with maintaining my erection while wearing condoms. In fact, I struggle to even get a condom on because that's when my penis starts going soft. I don't have an option not to wear a condom. Is this normal, and how can I stay hard while wearing them?
1: I wouldn't say it's normal, but it's not uncommon. Okay, so the majority of people don't suffer, but a lot of people really and truly lose their erection or lose that Firm erection because let's face it, it's you're wrapping something, it's an unnatural thing, you're decreasing sensitivity, and you are putting a wrap around something that you want to feel pleasure. And most people with their penis love the idea of feeling warmth and a human touch, and you're putting this shield around it. So that does happen, and I'm not saying it happens to everyone, but it's fairly common. We get that question a lot on our site, and again. It goes right back to the same thing when you get to be 45, 50, or 55. Start taking a nitric oxide supplement to give you that extra blood flow to give you a higher quality erection. Because if you're starting with 100% erection, you lose 5%, you're at 95. You're starting with 90, you're going to 85, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's important to understand that, again, That's not anything psychological. It's because you're taking a very sensitive organ, your penis, that has tons of nerve endings and you're wrapping it up, okay? When you're doing that, you're decreasing the sensation and the feeling of it. And the reason you get aroused is because you have that sensation and that feeling when someone grabs your penis or you're inserting your penis into a vagina or into someone's mouth, you know, then that feels so warm and good. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't feel as much. When you don't feel as much, you're not as aroused as much. So that's when I suggest using something to augment and supplement your blood flow. So some kind of nitric oxide supplement. If you go to your doctor and you get certainly approved. You don't have to be impotent to use Viagra, Cialis, Levitra. A lot of people use them as enhancements. But try something that is non-evasive. Try something that really isn't systemic so you don't have those side effects. But if it comes down to it and you're not feeling like you have a satisfactory erection to have intercourse, then you might want to go to that level. But build up to that point by exhausting other options that don't have as much downside or as many side effects. But that's something that a lot of people suffer, struggle with, and it's strictly physiological because you're taking something you want to be stimulated and you're putting a wrap around that and human touch. I'm glad Thanks I'm for at normalizing the age. that. Yeah, I'm glad I'm at the age I'm at now. I had a vasectomy <laughs> and I any partner that I have, yeah. I make sure we're both tested and everything else because yeah. I had that same thing when I wore condoms. I had maybe a slight decrease in erection capability, but more importantly, I never really suffered from PE. So when I wore a condom, it was like, I would literally have sex for 45 minutes. My partner's like, I'm tapping out over here. What are you doing? I'm like, I can't feel anything, you know what I mean? So for me, it was really a loss of sensation, which made me really Mm. uncomfortable.
0: Mm, I understand that. But
1: I will tell people, definitely condoms are for a reason. They're disease prevention. They are birth control. They are necessary unless you have all the other things taken care of in other fashions where you don't have to worry about your partner getting an unwanted pregnancy. You know you're not going to have disease concerns and everything else. So do wear the condoms unless you know that you've addressed all those other issues.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much, Jeff, for normalizing this situation for our listener because I think he really needed to hear that. And listener, I want to also congratulate you firstly for prioritizing Safer Sex. I think that's great. I want to offer a few ideas. So the first idea I have for you is to maybe eroticize the act of putting on a condom. So ask your partner maybe if they don't mind putting it on with their mouths. You know, you could try flavored condoms work really well for this. You know, make sure they're maintaining eye contact with you while the condom is going on. You know, you can use some dirty talk around it. Just try to make that act of putting it on as seamless as possible and not so much like an interruption. And then the other idea I have is to just double check that you have the right size of condoms because you may be struggling to get one on if it's too tight or it's too small for you. And it can also cut off blood flow. So very important that you get the right size because not everyone knows that condoms come in different sizes. So those are my thoughts.
1: They never used to, but they do now. And that's important.
0: Next question. And our last question actually is my partner and I are having sex every week and it seems that now I struggle to finish. We've spiced things up such as different positions in different places, but still it seems pointless. We can go for hours and she can come multiple times, but I can't at all. What can I do?
1: That is a rare circumstance. It does happen, but that's one in a hundred men, maybe not even that high because people don't realize this. And this is mind blowing. The average man, during intercourse, we're not talking about pee. The normal average healthy male lasts just under six minutes, five minutes and 42 seconds during penetration or thrusting. The average female without extensive foreplay takes 18 minutes of penetration or thrusting. That's if she can climax through intercourse at all. Because of the location of the clitoris in the vagina, a lot of women cannot orgasm through vaginal penetration. So that is a very rare issue, but we do hear it from time to time. It's not an easy one, and generally speaking, there's nothing you can do, unfortunately. There's no medication to make you come quicker. But I will tell you that a lot of times if you're with a new partner, it's a heightened sensitivity, you will happen to have a quicker trigger. If you haven't had sex in a while, I would suggest being very erotic and trying different positions, trying different locations, because familiarity in anybody tends to become routine. When it's routine, there's less stimulation, so you tend to take longer. That's why sometimes people say, I've been married for 20 years, the last thing we need is anything to prolong this. And I'm having trouble getting off to begin with. So I would say the best way to do it for he and his partner would be to really spice it up. Do not allow yourself to get into a routine. So try different locations, try different positions, try role playing, try anything. Sometimes public sex is very take a chance on getting caught. You're on the balcony or whatever, that it does heighten the sensitivity. It does trigger a quicker response. So I'm not saying go out in the middle of the parking lot, you know what I mean, and have your neighbors freak out when the kids are watching. But I would say try some things that are a little more erotic. Try some things that maybe are a little edgy that will put a little spice into it and maybe help you climax without 45 minutes or an hour. Because we occasionally get messages from people. We're very active with our user community. And some guys will say, you know, I last a half hour. I want to last 90 minutes. And I'm like, what? What? And I always respond, I go, are you trying to pleasure or punish your woman? And I go, have you guys discussed this? Because I don't know very many women that go, you know, my partner lasts 45 minutes during penetration or thrusting, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to see 90. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa. And it's always tell people, have you discussed this with your partner? Well, no. I just feel like, I go, listen maybe you need to work on your technique a little bit more. You know, if 45 minutes of penetration and thrusting isn't making your partner climax, I'm not sure 90 is going to, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you might want to go back and have some real frank conversations and maybe find out what you're doing that isn't hitting the mark and find out what you could be doing that might help that. And then you won't have to last 90 minutes. You might be able to actually take that down to 30 and get it done correctly.
0: Yeah, I think just to build on your points about, you know, sometimes you do build up sensitivity when you build up arousal for your partner. I think why not try something where you make it a rule that, okay, I'm make it just a rule that you're not going to come for a few sessions. And what we're going to do is actually just build up that erotic intensity and just tease each other and try to see if you actually take a break from trying to finish and struggling to finish and finding it pointless. If you take a break from that mentality and you actually just put the focus on, you know, let's just tease each other and seduce each other, but not actually get to the point where we're actually trying to have an orgasm that might actually shift a few things for you. The other question I would also ask you is whether you are able to have an orgasm while you're masturbating, because if this is a yes, then there may be a type of stimulation that your body has become accustomed to when masturbating. Maybe it's a speed or a pressure or a fantasy that you're not getting from partnered sex. So maybe you can try to identify what that is or you could also try to end your encounter with your partner with some manual stimulation for yourself. And I think additional things you can consider, you know, SSRIs could be a factor, stress can be a factor, relationship dynamics also can be a factor. So it depends on let's say, is your relationship with your partner in a good place? You know, sometimes if you're repressing emotions in your relationship, you have some kind of unresolved conflict. That can also contribute to you feeling more guarded and not being able to have an orgasm. So lots of things could be going on here.
1: SSRIs, you made a very good point there. There's a lot of people that when they're taking... SSRIs, and for those of you who don't understand what an SSRI is, it's short for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. They're the depression drugs, Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft. They literally, in some cases, prolong the time before ejaculation. In some cases, you can't ejaculate. You literally will be able to have intercourse for an hour and a half and never ejaculate. So that's a very good point. You have to, there are some medications that will keep you from ejaculating. So even back to the other question we had earlier that I took that for granted because most people, before you get put on an SSRI, they'll give you the contraindications, and one of them is the failure to achieve climax or have orgasm. But I love your point about taking the focus away of every single time that you're intimate going, I have to ejaculate. That's unrealistic. Just really get into the mode of feeling the pleasure without the ability that if I don't have an explosive orgasm, it's a wasted. There's nothing wrong with feeling pleasure. Just touch, just being manually stimulated, being orally stimulated without, in some cases, reaching a climax. It still feels really good.
0: I agree. I think reframing some of the thinking, because just looking at the language here, you say it seems pointless when I try to orgasm and it doesn't work but really just reframe your thinking. It's
1: not pointless. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself and felt pleasure.
0: Yes, it's all pleasure. Maybe the point of sex is actually connection, pleasure, intimacy. Try focusing on that instead, because we all know that when you focus too much on the orgasm itself, it actually tends to elude you because you're kind of putting too much pressure on it.
1: I tell people that I'm very fortunate that, I came to my sexual awakening when I was 15 years old. So it was in 1972. And it was before cell phones, before the internet. So I was able to make love to someone and start my sexual adventures prior to watching porn. And so here I was fumbling around like a stooge thinking, oh my God, I was great. Because I can't imagine being 15 now, although most people start even earlier, but whatever age you're at, 14, 13, whatever age you're becoming sexually active, and if you happen to watch porn and you have this expectation that the average man has an 11-inch penis, it's the circumference of a beer can, and you <laughs> jump on your woman and you hammer away for 45 minutes, and then right before you ejaculate, you run across the room and shoot her in the eye from 40 <laughs> yards away with a perfect shot. And the female's <laughs> thinking she has to Bullseye. orgasm like Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls, where she's flopping yeah. around like a fish that's being electrocuted, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there must be so much anxiety among young people that are becoming intimate for the first time because they see these unrealistic depictions of sex, and that's not real. That's not what you experience. It'd almost be great if they would start porn sites and have regular people so that these young people, before they became intimate, would understand that everyone doesn't look and function like that.
0: Yeah, they do. It's called Make Love Not Porn by Cindy I know, Gellert. I know, Cindy. It's her platform. Yes, yes. She's I awesome. I will have her on my show one day. Really? With I'll view. talk to her. She's a friend of mine. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, Make Love Not Porn actually – is all about depicting real-life sex. And that's something which I always recommend to people who want to have a more realistic picture of how people actually have sex instead of porn sex. Okay, well, I think that's all the questions I have for you today, Jeff. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I love having you here always. And I also love that Promescent is all about helping people get better in bed. It's really like the first thing that people see on your website. And that's what we're all about on this podcast. Any of the references that we've mentioned in this episode can be found on the show notes. So for all of you listening, I really hope you liked our Penis SOS episode today. And I hope that you find our responses helpful and relevant, regardless of whether you're a penis owner or a penis lover. We'll be doing more of this format in future. So please do feel free to sign up for my community and send in your questions and comments so that I can answer them on future episodes. Remember, you can find me at Hello Sarah Sense on Instagram or drop me a line at SarahSense.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed and left us a review. Thanks again for listening. And I will see you on the next episode of Better In Bed. And Jeff, I hope we get to get you along as well another time. Thank you so much. I'd love
1: to. My pleasure. Believe me.